I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Coinbase, Gemini, and Kraken have totally disrupted the financial world, creating a new generation of digital wealth. In fact, there are over 19,000 crypto exchanges operating today. However, there is a $6 trillion asset class that's prime for disruption. And there's only one platform providing access to it. What is it? Contemporary art. Historically, only the 1% had access due to high entry costs and limited supply. And the big players are now worth billions, not millions, billions. It may not be on your radar, but this alternative asset outperformed the S&P 500, gold, and real estate by twofold. For the first time ever, shares of multi-million dollar works of art like Picasso and Banksy can now be traded just like Bitcoin. Want in? Well, use our special link to get priority access. Just go to masterworks.io slash decrypt. That's masterworks.io slash decrypt. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, China bans Bitcoin again. But I'm not going to talk about it because who cares? They're going to keep banning Bitcoin every year until 2055. What we are going to talk about today is the roundup of Masari's mainnet. And that's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, September 24th, 2021. I got two things I want you to listen to and watch today. Well, actually, one thing to listen to and one thing to watch um, okay, the first thing to listen to, link is in the show notes. It's the Spotify link. It's the Political Playbook Deep Dive. They're covering cryptocurrency today. And me, I think that they did a six and a half out of 10 in, in, in like representing the crypto space. I feel that the people that were reporting on it and covering it didn't understand crypto thoroughly. And so they had to make a choice or kind of like report it from a certain lens. And they came down on the side of it's not a good thing. And that's the way I felt about it. Maybe I was tripping because, you know, I do crypto every day. I'm running for office and I'm, a, I'm pro crypto. And I, I really feel that they didn't do it justice. But surprise, surprise, a mainstream media doesn't do crypto justice. It's, we're used to it already. That's why we have our own media sources. That's why we have our own podcasts and our own YouTube channels and our own daily crypto news websites because nobody's covering it properly. But I want you to listen to it. Again, it's the political playbook deep dive and they're looking at crypto one thing i do want to point out is that there are pro crypto people running for office moi included and other people and i wish they brought on some of us to talk about like hey all of this is going on once you listen to it you understand why i'm saying this all of this is going on in washington in congress in regulations in the sec and there's crypto lobbyists but there's also people running on pro bitcoin platforms i wish they just brought us on to talk more about it and send me an email, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. Tell me what you thought of the podcast, how they represented the, the discussions that are happening in Washington about Bitcoin, and I will read them on air, or I won't read them on air if you tell me in the email not to read it on air, but I want to have it be part of the discussion. And the thing I want you to watch 
is Foundation. It's a new TV show. I'm a sci-fi nut. It's a new TV show coming out on Apple TV Plus. I hate that name, by the way. Apple TV Plus. Anyway, but it looks pretty damn good. Getting great ratings. I can't wait to watch it tonight, the first two episodes. And I'll report back on Monday on what I thought about the episodes. And I want to hear from you too. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Anyway, let's get into those crypto prices and coin of the day. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin. You know what? You just wake up some mornings and you're just like, really? Really? You're down again? It's down 4% in 24. $42,416 right now. It was actually well into the 41000 mark. It was looking kind of kind of crappy this morning. It's going up a little bit. Let's see how this works for the rest of the day and the weekend. Ethereum's in the number two spot at $2,900, down 7.2%. Cardano, pretty much even from yesterday at 225. Tether's in the number four spot, and Binance Coin down to 350, down 7%, and 15% in seven days. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, Solana, USDC, Polkadot, and Dogecoin. Total market cap, $1.885 trillion. Again, we just lost $100 plus billion overnight, a BTC dominance of 42.1%, and an ATH dominance of 18.1%. And now it's time for Coin of the Day. Our Coin of the Day today is number 544 on CoinMarketCap. It is called Kudos. Kudos. Its ticker is Kudos. C-U-D-O-S. Its price is 2.615 cents. It's down 10% in 24. Again, the whole market's down, so who's to know how this actually performs day to day? Its market cap is $45 million. Its fully diluted market cap is $261 million. So only 17% of kudos is in circulation. Its 24-hour volume is around $700,000, and it's down 5% in 24. Where can you buy kudos? Uniswap, KuCoin, Gate.io, the shitcoin mecca poloniex wow i haven't seen poloniex be up there in, in some time and uh one inch there's about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on uniswap and kucoin so about five hundred thousand dollars in uh, volume traded 24 hours it, there's a high confidence that that volume is real and it looks as though there is liquidity uniswap it actually doesn't look like there's any pairs uh, so and the pair is uh kudos to wf or wrapped f it doesn't you know what? It's, it seems like unless you have KuCoin, you're going to have a hard time buying and selling it. And it's only a trading pair with USDT. So let's take a look at what is Kudos. From their website, it says that Kudos is bridging. Is it Kudos or Kudos? Anyway, it says Kudos is bridging the gap between cloud and blockchain by using the world's available computing to power a more decentralized, sustainable, and connected world. The decentralized cloud computing network for everyone. Their vision is to enable a more efficient use of the world's computing resources. So it seems pretty self-explanatory. It seems as though that this is just a decentralized cloud computing uh, network with a token aspect to incentivize people to set up their computers or use their computers to help create this decentralized cloud network. Um, Pretty self-explanatory. Not too sure if people are using it or not because I haven't set it up or tried to use it from just a tradable token. It doesn't seem like there's much volume, but this idea is solid because, you know, there's lots of people thinking about decentralized cloud computing or decentralized uh, processing powered or decentralized. It's just a very common use case and a common like problem to be solved. So this is something, but I don't know if this token or this company is actually doing the thing that needs to be done because I haven't used it. 
but you can check it out. Link is in the show notes. And now into our main conversation, we're talking the Masari Mainnet Conference in Washington, D.C. Decrypt, they sent their peeps, and they have stories to tell. All right, we're here with Jeff John Roberts, executive editor, and Jeff Benson, senior editor of Decrypt. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you doing, Matthew? Welcome back. Welcome back. So you guys had a lot of fun at Mainnet, Masari Mainnet, over in uh, New York. And, you know, there's some people that didn't show up that were hoping to show up. I'm going to ask those questions in a little bit. But first of all, like, how did this all get together? You know, I remember I was doing a commercial on the podcast for this, and then all of a sudden you guys are there having a good time. How how did this all come uh, come about that you guys got there, Jeff John Roberts? Uh, yeah, um, Mainnet. Okay, so crypto conferences are back, baby, which is is fun. It's sort of funny. There used to be, you know, one of these things like every month or more. And, you know, frankly, I was kind of tired of them. But I, I confess, you know, Midtown Manhattan, um, you know, uh, the Marriott Marquis Hotel. Um, it's sort of it's like the old days were back, except this time it was Masari hosting it. Masari has kind of come out of nowhere to be a big player in the crypto game. They're sort of our partner on this. Um, but I'm not saying that just because of that. So they put on a successful three-day conference. They have the big names, Novogratz and uh, Robin Hood and all that good stuff and schmoozing and after-hour parties and industry booths, the whole bit. Um, there was, uh, there was of course, Bitcoin Miami. I don't know if that was quite as wild as that, but um, the content was sophisticated. A lot of old school bankers uh, who would become crypto people, um, you know, startups, the whole bit. So it, it was really fun. I mean, three days is a long conference, but we had a good time. Uh, what did you think, JB? I mean, don't don't forget the Steve Aoki uh, concert that that sometime that, that, that somehow happened late at night. I mean, really. Everybody- yeah, I mean, everybody was was there all of a sudden. Uh, and even for the folks that weren't there, there were lots of virtual attendees. Vitalik, uh, Vitalik showed up online to present and we were wondering, where is everybody? It was because they were inside the conference room actually listening to to Vitalik, even the people that were supposed to be manning the booths. So it was it was a, it was a real conference. It was the and it's the first that I've been to in over a year and a half. So it was good to be back. So I, I joined Decrypt about a year and a half ago, and I have never met anybody in person yet. Is this the first time that JB, JJR, you guys are meeting with each other or? Uh, yeah, it was fun. I joined Decrypt in February and um, my awesome colleague, JB, um, I got fun. I got to sit down and get drunk with him. So that was fun. And uh, <laughs> one, one of us did. One of us yeah. did. I, yeah. our, our man, uh, Dan Roberts, um, he, uh, he, of course, uh, you know, sort of the ringleader of it. He came in from Connecticut and it's, yeah, it's just so good to, uh, to do these things in person again, you know, sort of like, you know, big conference hall has never been my favorite thing, but it's just, it's just such a, you know, welcome change from uh, Zoom events and uh, getting to see, uh, see the faces I know in person. So it's really good. And I had multiple people walk up to me and say, Jeff Benson from Decrypt. Really? And say, yeah. You know, just recognized me off of the little, the little small photo I have up on Decrypt. Uh, so that was, that was pretty cool just to be walking around and, and, and people saying that photo, you know, yeah, that looks like you. I wanted to meet you in real life. And I did the same to a number of people, you know, uh, and I will say, you know, sometimes people put up the best, uh, the best versions of themselves on their Twitter profile, <laughs> very different in real life. You guys, you guys were telling me offline about this instance about a subpoena. And I, I thought this was so, super crazy. Can you just tell everybody that story? Yeah, I'll start because Jeff knows more about it, but it was almost like they wrote like, you know, a surprise, you know, turn in the middle of the conference. Um, uh, Slava Rubin, founder of um, Indiegogo, has now got a new, uh, you know, fintech crypto thing called Vincent. He's going up the elevator 
um, or I'm sorry, the escalator to the conference, guy ahead of him gets served. Sort of guy in a suit comes out and goes, you've been served. By the SEC, apparently. So it, it was the talk of the conference. Everybody was asking us, hey, do you know what happened? We were asking everybody. I showed up at a party where I was talking to, to the person uh, who does PR for one of the, uh, for one of the suspects, uh, because nobody knows exactly who was served with the subpoena. And so uh, I was so trying to suss that out all weekend uh, that it kind of um, it, it brought a lot of attention, I think, to Masari Mainnet in a good way. Uh, and I'd say like an undercurrent, a theme of the entire conference was regulation in the SEC. And it got uh, <laughs> it got the Masari founder, Ryan Suck, is pretty riled up where he said, you know what, I think about running for Senate. Just mm. because this, the SEC stuff has gotten ridiculous. You know, I actually uh, DM'd him on his Twitter to see if he was serious about running for Senate. He never got back to me, surprised, but I, I'm kind of waiting to see if he actually follows through with it. AJB, hey, what it's is been kind of cagey? I mean, after you make a claim like that, I mean, you probably walk, took two steps forward and had to walk it back a bit. Go, oh, no, no, I, I can I can add something here because uh, we had um, Dan and I had him in our booth for sort of a follow up interview. Um, I've known Ryan for years. He's two bit idiot. That's how he made his name. He's like a former um, I think like JP Morgan guy. I went into crypto blogging like way back in the day as two bit idiot which is still his Twitter avatar. Um, he's the one who broke the, broke the Mount Gox news. He used to be the editor of Coindesk. I mean, he's kind of done it all, but then he started this thing. It's funny, like on Twitter, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a character, but in person, he's, you know, in a suit and very kind of serious and professional. And the Senate thing, I, I think he's kind of serious and in part, because think how much money he could raise. He's also kind of led the fight during the uh, infrastructure debate about trying to protect crypto and call your senator and get involved and stuff like that. And, you know, he won't fully commit. Yeah, I think he teased it a bit and walked it back a bit, but um, I think he's serious. JB, what are some of the most notable moments of Mainnet? You know, just the way everything kicked off. We we started off and Masari hosted this big, uh, this big event uh, up on the rooftop of a, of a New York City hotel. Everybody who was anybody in crypto was there. And so it was just, it was notable to see how many folks were just back into it. And I think everybody's kind of waiting has been waiting to connect again in real life. And so it was good. It was good to be back. Yeah. Also, someone who lived in New York for a long time, it's nice to see like crypto come home to New York because, you know, Florida sort of tried to take the crypto crown during the pandemic. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sorry, Florida's no New York. You know, it's just there's nothing like New York City for the action of the city. Everyone's there. I'm um, not, you know, knock on Florida, but, you know, I just think, you know, it's sort of a good sign that New York is back too. Do you think uh, Eric Adams would be a good positive for the crypto space in New York? <laughs> the, you mean now the new mayor? Yes. Yeah. Uh, soon, soon to be mayor. Yes. I was talking to my New York friends who are still there. And the consensus is just anyone but down Bill de Blasio, who was the worst mayor. Um, there's no vision. And because sorry for the inside of New York stuff, but Bill de Blasio got, he is in a surprise, long shot mayor, won it. And but then rather than figuring out how to run New York City, which is, you know, it's like running a, it's harder than running a, a many countries. He immediately set his eyes on national office and didn't run New York right. Um, so Eric Adams, former cop 
you know, black guy is a change after two white mayors and um, moderate, which I think is a good thing. I don't think crypto is going to be his first priority, but he's declared he's going to be more business friendly. So I think, you know, that's going to possibly help. And they threw out the old governor too. So New York's just been kind of toxic for crypto entrepreneurs. So between Adam's descendants and the new governor, maybe it'll change there a bit. But on the ground, you know, the uh, the crypto people are back. Everyone's saying they're going to run away from New York, but they showed up at least for these couple of days. That was the beginning of the conference. And then as you, you know, as you kind of ease in, you're like, okay, we're back in New York. You know, usually uh, along these conferences, there's a big first day or a big second day. And they had everything big on the third day. So by the time we got there, there were a bunch of big announcements lined up. And I think the, the first of those was the Robinhood crypto wallet, which I know Jeff wrote about. We've been we've been waiting for Robinhood to release its wallet for a long time. And they finally indicated on Wednesday, right before uh, our colleague Dan went on stage to, to, to interview the COO, Christine Brown, that it's they're coming out with it. Right on. Well, I'm excited about Robin Hood's route. Well, we finally, actually, a lot of people that are, are Bitcoiners or crypto uh, peeps are, are very excited about that. Finding some custody of your coins. So we're not just handing out those IOUs. Any other big announcements on that day or the, the conference in general? Uh, I think Robin Hood's was the biggest. I mean, that was expected. Just some other themes, though. Um, we t- we had a Kobe, Kobe. I wish I, could, I should know how to say his name. Dan, Dan interviewed him and um, he's kind of like the, the Dow visionary. And I'm just surprised how many people are using the word DAOs or everywhere. And, you know, some people are in nine DAOs and some people are in 15 DAOs. And, you know, at least some people admitted like, yeah, you know, people are in lots of DAOs, but the people who do the contributions, like 1% and 10% are sort of interested and everyone else just hangs around. But I was just surprised, like the word DAO, you know, even in crypto circles a year and a half ago, a lot of people couldn't tell you what it was. That was a big theme there. Uh, trying to think yeah, the- DAO seems to be kind of the word of the moment right now. And I think it gives you a little bit of street cred that, hey, we're looking at doing this as, as a DAO, it, even if it's not starting that way. We're, we're definitely looking to decentralize via DAO. I, I think, uh, yeah, it was the word. It was the word of the conference. It, other than regulation and SEC. Yeah, regulation hung in the background everywhere. Um, you know, you saw Coinbase, uh, you know, they, they it wasn't really conference news, but you saw they quietly retreated or surrendered from their plan to uh, to go to court with the SEC and uh, sort of folded their cards there. Now they're saying they're going to try to propose crypto rules, but it's, it's sort of like it's a bit of a dark cloud hangover. A lot of things, actually, I mean, didn't really chill the conference, but I've never uh, I've never seen like government discuss so much the crypto conference. I saw from an article today that Mike Novogratz, billionaire Mike Novogratz of uh, Galaxy Investments, he was talking about um, Gary Ginsler, the SEC chair, and he said that he's a very smart man, but he wants to be the sheriff of Cryptoville. Uh, did he expand on that? And what, what do you guys think of uh, Gary Ginsler? And was he on everybody's mind there, like him in general? Uh, yeah, people were making some neat memes about him as kind of like this like dark Sith Lord hanging out, hanging out at the conference. He wasn't actually there, but he was there in spirit. And then one of his agents who apparently served someone. So, um, yeah, I think that's a consensus on Ginsler, regard as incredibly smart. Um, you know, knows crypto taught blockchain, but uh, not very popular right now. Um, and, you know, I think we're just waiting for, uh, for, for, for more bad news to go down, frankly. Oh, wow. You think we're waiting on some more bad news? Look, when he came to the SEC, everybody said like he was uh, going to be pro crypto. Everybody was kind of pumped for him to be there. And now it seems as though everybody thinks he's coming to arrest 
everybody. <laughs> like, so what, what was the change and, and, and why, why is this shift? Or is it just normal regulations that you guys think need to happen within the crypto space that people are just pushing back on? Yeah, I mean, I think I think some of this was and I, I remember writing about this when he was first his first his name was first floated was that there was this assumption that because he had taught blockchain uh, before that he was going to be a crypto fan. And I think for every for most of the people in that room to know crypto is to love it. But that's not true necessarily for everybody. And so, yes, he's quite knowledgeable about cryptocurrency, as a regulator should be. That doesn't mean that he's necessarily uh, a fan of it. And, and his number one priority is consumer protection. He sees crypto as, depending upon how it's executed, uh, it needs to follow the same rules that uh, other securities should follow. Yeah, I mean, it's an open guess whether, you know, this could be coming from on high. It could be like the, the White House and the Treasury Department saying, hey, slow down this crypto stuff to threat to the dollar. Or, you know, the SEC is just playing catch up and this thing's going so fast. There's so much money. The SEC is trying to get its arms around it and quickly. But um, it's uh, it's definitely one to watch. Another fun little nugget in the conference is um Dan and I got to speak to Devin, the CEO of OpenSea, and that uh, awkward little matter of his one of his top guys, basically insider trading on um, on NFTs. They were about to display, um, but it looks like they're sort of trying to put that back in the box. But that was uh, interesting to hear firsthand from uh, OpenSea's CEO. Um, Matthew, I don't know how you or your listeners feel about it. I know some people are like, what's the big deal? And others are like, this is insider trading. But, you know, the optics of it didn't look good. All right. So last question I have for you, because you gave me a lot of mixed signals here in this discussion today. And I, I'm kind of, I, I think everybody's probably going to be like, what the hell is going on in the crypto space? And uh, you guys were in this conference. You said regulation was on everybody's mind. We just talked about Gary Ginsler. We thought he was going to be a crypto bull. Turns out that he's a, you know, an actual regulator that has to do a, has a job to do. But then everybody else is also coming into this market as also we're at the end of the year. You have plan B, uh, 100 trillion uh, USD at 100 trillion USD, his Twitter handle uh, with this stock to flow model is saying that we're going to go past 100, 100K. Uh, what do you think the end of this year, and I'm not talking about price, but just over overall market the, in general, because you also said regulations and there's gonna be a lot of surprises maybe coming out here uh, last quarter or coming up soon. What do you think the last quarter of this year is going to look like for the crypto space? Are we going to be bullish, bearish, a mix of both? What are you guys feeling here? Jeff Benson first. I mean, there's nothing more bullish than a crypto conference. Uh, I mean, everybody there is holding and they're, they're going to tell you how how well the assets are going to do moving forward. Notably, though, on the first day of the conference, the markets took a big, big hit. I mean, that was Monday, Monday morning, and that was all anybody could write about. Now, that was potentially linked to what was going on in uh, the S&P 500 and, and broader stocks, but I really don't know. And I don't like to hazard guesses on what crypto is going to do because I, I just don't know. Yeah, same. I know it's not a popular answer, but... It could go either way. I mean, there's so many bullish signals out there. I mean, you saw Twitter announcing Bitcoin tipping today and all these projects being built. And, you know, crypto's, you know, never been stronger or more influential or richer than it is today. But those regulatory clouds, you know, my oh my, it's it's like something could go down. Um, but I think you're right. You know, it's, it's by the end of the year, we should have, have a, we'll probably, you know, kind of go strongly in one direction or the other. Jeff, John Roberts, JJR, executive editor, and JB, Jeff Benson, senior editor. Thanks for coming on the show. Tell us about your Masari trip and uh, I guess I guess a boys hangout for the weekend yeah there's some of that going on thanks Matthew thanks for having us
Y'all, if you missed it, Superbid.io launched on Wednesday, September 22nd. Superbid.io is a social platform for celebrities to convert moments of their lives into NFTs and sell them directly to their fan base. Instead of Instagram, people will have the option to go to Superbid.io where their content is instantly monetizable. These NFTs include a wide range of possibilities, spanning from never-released images and videos to digital content with added physical components like real-life experiences and items. Superbid.io is raising the bar for NFT platforms, making it easily accessible for users of all backgrounds to acquire NFTs, not through just using cryptocurrency, but also with standard credit card payments. Make sure you go to Superbid.io and check out their new NFT social platform.